Welcome to Word for Wednesday. This is Rita Langland, your host from Hidden with Christ Ministries. Today I want to share a message with you I've entitled, What Does God Say About You? Have you ever thought that about this, that in the Bible there are many, many references to God speaking about other people's character, making comments about their character. We find Jesus doing this throughout the Gospels, and I'll share a few of those with you. And then also in the Old Testament, we can also find God's commentary on different people's character qualities. But before we get into that, I just want to have you consider the fact that in our current society, how common it is to find people publicly commenting on other people, openly criticizing their actions or brazenly disparaging their character because of those actions. In past generations, People often whispered about other people behind their backs or gossiped about them behind closed doors. Neither of those things, of course, are are things that the Bible would have you do. In fact, we find that in the book of Proverbs, many different verses about avoiding being a gossip. But that's how the past generations dealt with it. It was talked about in more quietly, not so openly, about people's shortcomings or failures or blunders or missteps in life. Today, however, we have found a totally different atmosphere. In today's society, you could literally say that it has, we have gotten to a point in our culture where people's mistakes and and failures are being shouted from the rooftops, literally through social media. They are not hidden. They are not whispered about. They are shouted. And you could say that our culture, our society has become increasingly harsh in that way and condemning rather than a kinder and gentler uh, place to live. We know God's word warns us against that type of behavior. That's not the way that God would have us as believers operate in the earth. We are not to be gossips, and we're definitely not to be people who are making judgments about others and then sharing that judgment widely. In fact, Jesus was very clear in Matthew chapter 7, the very first verse, when he instructed his disciples not to judge, judge not, lest you be judged in the same way or in the same measure, that judgment will end up coming back to you. So we're warned against making judgments because the reality is, as human beings, our judgments are often incorrect. We never, ever see the entire picture or know the entire background story on any person in the way that God does, who knows everything. So we're warned not to even get involved in judging others. We need to just step back, give people the benefit of the doubt, and operate with grace and love when anybody's name comes up in a conversation. Don't be among those who'll be happy to talk about others behind their back. That's not God's way for his people. But the truth is, we can see or we can actually discover, and there are so many of these, it's very, it's an interesting study, but we can find out that in the word of God, 
we can discover places where God has commented on people's character. And in what way did God speak about others? What would God say about you? Well, today we're going to look at how God spoke about other people when that person wasn't around. And this is what we're going to take a look at today. And listen carefully at the things that God said about people's character. You may remember this story from the Gospel of Luke, and it's the story of Jesus going to dinner at the home of Lazarus and his sister Martha and his sister Mary. So Martha was all worked up and flustered because she's trying to prepare dinner for this multitude of people who rolled in to dinner with Jesus and Lazarus, and she finally goes to Jesus and complains about her sister Mary not helping her. Don't you think it's unfair that she's not helping me with this preparations for this dinner? And Jesus very gently but but straight straight speaks to Martha both about her character and about her sister Mary. He says these words in Luke chapter 10 verses 41 and 42. You're worried, Martha, Martha, he begins. Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about many things. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. So Jesus gently told Martha about herself. You are worried and bothered about a lot of things. But then In contrast to what Martha spoke about her sister Mary, that she was basically being lazy and not helping and and not doing the right thing, Jesus said something very complimentary about Mary. She said she's discovered what the one thing that's really important, and I am not going to take that away from her. So she complimented Mary on finding the one thing that was most important, and it was sitting at Jesus's feet and listening to his words. So Jesus spoke about Mary. Mary wasn't present in this conversation as far as we can tell from the scriptures, but he said she's found the one thing that's really important, and I'm not taking it away from her. Now, here's another story also from the Gospels, from the book of Luke, and it's in chapter 21. And to me, this is a very interesting account. It's a story where Jesus and his disciples were in the temple, and they just kind of stood back, and they were watching as people brought their offerings and put it in the offering basket or bucket or whatever it was. It was the container for offerings at the temple. And as people came up and put in their offerings, There was one poor widow who came forward and put in the tiniest coin, two coins. She put in the smallest denomination that was available. She put in these two small coins. And people, I'm sure, just smirked at, look at that small offering, making negative comments about how little this woman put into the offering in the temple. But Jesus made a comment also about that widow and about her character, and it was so profound. He says these words, which you can find written in Luke 21, verses 3 to 4. Truly I say to you, this poor widow 
put in more than all of them, for they all contributed to the offering from their surplus. But she, from her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. That was a very profound statement. It said many things to those disciples, that God looked at the heart and God observes everything about that person who's giving an offering. He knows whether it came out of their abundance, didn't really hurt them to put it in, or whether it was a sacrificial offering, which it was in the case of this poor widow, and how the Lord honored that woman when he spoke those words. And we've been reading them now for thousands of years because of what, how Jesus spoke about the character of that widow. There's an interesting exchange that was written in the book of Job, and it was an exchange between the Lord and Satan. And in Job chapter one, you may remember that it says that the that before the throne of God, Satan came in and had this conversation with the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan these words in Job 1.8, Have you considered my servant Job? For there's no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. So the Lord comments on Job's character. He tells Satan, Here's somebody, no one like him on the earth. That's a huge statement that God is making about Job. That's huge. There's no one like him. He's the only one in his generation that is like this. And he goes on to say he's blameless, meaning he's not full of sin. He's blameless in God's eyes. He's an upright man. He fears God. And when evil comes, he turns away from it. We need to take example from that. There's a lot of evil being presented to us continuously in the media and all that. We need to be people like Job where we turn away from evil that's presented to us, perhaps in the media, on the screen or whatever. So God made this amazing comment about the character of Job to Satan himself. We know what happens after that. Satan wants to challenge God about Job. Oh, he doesn't serve you for nothing. He's so blessed. You have a hedge about him, etc. But the point I want to make here is that God spoke about Job with such high praise about his character and about who he was in his generation. I love that. Again, he's, Job wasn't there when this conversation took place. But the Lord spoke so highly of this man of God who feared the Lord and turned away from evil. We'll go back to the New Testament with this next example. And I love this one as well because of the type of character that Jesus sees in a man who became one of his disciples, whose name was Nathaniel. Jesus said this about Nathanael. Nathanael was walking toward him and he was standing with another disciple and he says about him, he says, here's an Israelite indeed, a true Israelite. And in the Amplified translation, it says a true descendant of Jacob in whom there is no guile, no deceit, nor duplicity. John 147 from the Amplified translation the Lord spoke about Nathaniel's character. Nathaniel hadn't walked into his presence yet, but he spoke 
about him to the others that were around said, here is a true Israelite in whom there's no deceit, no duplicity, no guile. He's a true, what he says is is the truth. He doesn't deceive people with his words. He's just straight and truthful. That's a beautiful compliment. And there's a lot of people There's many people that don't qualify for that compliment from the Lord. There's a lot of duplicity and deceit and and making things sound better than they are and all of that going on in this earth today and in our society where there's lots of um, making things sound a way that they are not. And that's not God's way. God honored Nathaniel because he was a man who was without guile. And that's a beautiful compliment. Let's go back again to the Old Testament in the book of Numbers. And I think this is one of the most amazing compliments ever given by God about a person. And this is when God said this about Moses. He said, now the man Moses was very humble, more than any person who was on the face of the earth. Now, the reason I think this is somewhat amazing is because As far as we know, Moses was the writer of the first five books of the Bible, including Numbers, which means he had to write that about himself at the direction of the Holy Spirit, because the scriptures tell us that all scripture is God-breathed, meaning God inspired it, God told the writer to write this, and Moses was forced to write that he was the most humble man on the earth. And more than any person who was on the face of the earth. That's an amazing statement about the character of a man. And that man was Moses. Another amazing compliment or character assessment by God of an Old Testament character is the words that were written in the book of Genesis about Enoch. Now, it says very simply that Enoch walked with God in uh, Genesis 5.24. But in the Amplified Translation, it says, In reverent fear and obedience, Enoch walked with God. And, you know, we don't see any comments about Enoch doing miracles or parting the Red Sea like Moses or any of those sort of things. But there was something about his character that got God's attention. And it was that he was had a reverent fear of the Lord, and then he was obedient to the Lord. He heard the voice of God, and he obeyed it. Enoch walked with God, and he's one of the two in the Bible that the scriptures tell us the Lord just took him. In other words, he did not die before he went to heaven, which is amazing. Him and Elijah. He walked with God, and and, and he was no more. The Lord just took him. And that's Talk about high praise. That's an amazing thing. The Lord said, let's just go on home. Together they walked, and together they walked on home. So I love that comment about Enoch. He walked with God in reverential fear and obedience of the Lord. Now back to the New Testament. I'll make uh, just one more comment about comments God made about the character of a man. And this is when Jesus made a comment about the character of a Roman centurion who wanted to have Jesus heal his his son, a servant that was ill. And what's fascinating to me is that Jesus said this to his disciples. And you have to understand that at the time Jesus walked on the earth, 
the Holy Land or Israel was under the occupation of the Romans. They had been invaded, taken over. The Romans were an occupying force and they were the ones that commanded the lives of the Israelites. So they were not loved. That's the honest truth. In fact, they were resented and by many Jews, they were very hated because of of being the occupying military force in the land of Israel at that time. But Jesus was not afraid to say a complimentary thing about a Gentile and a Roman to his Jewish disciples. And we need to not be worried about saying something complimentary to someone that many people, maybe they don't like, they despise, they disparage with their words. Don't be afraid to say what's true because someone else doesn't care for that person. Let's be courageous about speaking godly things about others. In this particular story, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus had gotten the word that this Roman centurion wanted him to heal his servant. And Jesus was willing to come to him and do that and lay hands on the servant and have him be healed. But the Roman centurion said, I'm not worthy to have you come in my house. And not only that, I'm a man under authority. I tell my servants to go and they go. Just say the word and he'll be healed. That Roman centurion had an understanding of the spiritual authority that Jesus walked in. And he said, all you have to do is say it and he'll be healed. I know that. He believed that. Jesus was so amazed by that, that he said in Matthew 8, 10, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And he's complimenting a Gentile and a Roman military officer at the same time. He commented on his character of having faith in Jesus. Such amazing faith. He didn't even need Jesus's presence or for him to lay his hands on that sick person. He believed if Jesus said it, it would heal him. And that was amazing. Now, from all of these examples of God's commentary on people's character that we can see in the Bible, and there are many more, we can find that Jesus or the Lord God values faith, as in the Roman centurion's example, obedience, humility, the absence of deceit in someone's character, reverence for God. The Lord values an upright character. He values those who turn away from evil, and he values true generosity, as in the case of the widow who gave that small amount of money into the offering. He also values the person who loves to hear God's word above all else, which was the example of Mary. And my question to you today is twofold. First, what would God say about you if he was going to comment on your character? What do you say about others when you comment on their character? I want to encourage you to be like the Lord. And if you are making a comment about someone and they are not present, make sure what you are saying is something that would bless and honor them, not disparage them. We need to be like the Lord. 
Do you think God didn't know the bad things about all these people he talked about? Do you, you think he didn't know their shortcomings, their failures? Of course he did. Did he point them out to the people who are listening? Absolutely not. He pulled out to speak about the thing that would was something valuable that God saw in them. He knew their failures, but he pointed out the the character qualities that honored the Lord. And that's what we need to do when it comes to other people. But let me ask you the question that we began with. What would God say about you? And if you're concerned that God wouldn't say anything good because you know your shortcomings, you know your failures, you know your sins. Let me just remind you about something the Lord said about King David. You remember King David was an adulterer and a murderer. And yet the Lord said repeatedly about David these words, that he was a man after God's own heart. You can look that up in 1 Samuel chapter 13. That was before he was anointed king. And you can look it up in Acts chapter 13, where David is called the man after God's own heart who will do all of his will, that God chose him. God knew that he would have failure. God knew he would sin in the course of his time as king. And yet he saw in David that he was a man after God's own heart. He loved the Lord. He loved to worship God. And he also believed God would forgive him when he did sin. And he fell on the mercy of God when he sinned in adultery with Bathsheba and in the murder of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. And the reason I'm bringing this up is simply to say this. If I ask you, what would God say about you? And you hide your face in shame because you feel like, oh, he couldn't say anything good because of all my failures. You have to recognize the character of God. God looks at your character and he looks at your heart and he sees your desire for him, your longing after him and the things that you honor God. And he also sees when you have asked his forgiveness, he washes that away. And you have to believe that God does exactly what he says, that he puts your sins as far as the east is from the west, that he throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. And that way, when I ask you the question, what would God say about you? It can be that you are a man or a woman after God's own heart. Have a victorious week. Scriptures in today's message, Matthew 7, verse 1, Luke 10, verses 41 and 42, Luke 21, verses 3 and 4, Job chapter 1, verse 8, John 1, verse 47, Numbers 12, verse 3, Genesis 5, verse 24, Matthew 8, verse 10, 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, and Acts chapter 13, verse 22.